What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. As you know, we like to drop these in between our full episodes. And folks, like for real, for real, we have a full episode dropping this weekend, actually. We had to postpone it a day or two because we just had to get together, Jeff and myself. My name is Manuel Russell, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. Um, we had to get together for kind of like an emergency pod, uh, so to speak, um, to talk about or to explore the latest in this um, college board AP African-American studies situation. So folks, we do have a full episode coming at you. We think we're going to go ahead and release it on Monday morning uh, with a super, super dope teacher from California, uh, Jason Torres Ranhell, who is one of the California Teachers of the Year and California's nominee for National Teacher of the Year. And we've already recorded that. And we've also, we also in that full episode talked about some other stories, a, a study on emergency grants for college students and how that impacts college persistence. And we had another story in there about the Department of Ed's attempt or plan or so-called plan, depending on who you talk to or you ask, um, to address the teacher shortage and some shout outs to students standing up against critical race theory bans. And it's a really dope episode. You definitely don't want to miss it. It's going to drop Monday morning um, for your your weekday listening, I suppose, or viewing if you watch it on YouTube or on the Spotify app. But we chose to go ahead and delay that for a couple of days. So we have this passing period because, you know, passing periods are audio only so we could edit them and throw them up real fast. And this is a story right here that we wanted to discuss. We kept it out of the full episode because those take a while to edit. And, you know, by the time those come out, if it's a, a story that has um, a, a a lot of uh, engagement. It, it might already be stale by the time the full episode comes out. So we wanted to jump in here for a passing period. Jeff, we are in between classes. We are in between full episodes. It's passing period. We got a couple minutes, let's say like 30, 40 minutes to talk about the, I don't know, um, patriotic stand taken by the college board to defend the greatness of America and fall in line with an American patriot in Florida. Ron DeSantis, Jeff, um, this story, it, to me, it seems like it, it, it moved really quickly. Like only what, two, three weeks ago, um, we saw Florida come out and say like, nope, no AP African-American studies in our state. And we had a passing period about that. And we we're like, what the hell, what's the college board going to do? This is a great opportunity for the college board to stand up and, and defend its brand, defend its, um, African-American studies framework and really like do the right thing for education. And, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think we would see a action on that particular storyline um, this quickly. I thought perhaps the college board would, you know, enter discussions and look further into it and wait like a long time before um, before really responding. Uh, but no, nah, they <laughs> they responded pretty quickly, Jeff. They responded pretty quickly, just in time for Black History Month. So, Jeff, um, what's good, man? Update us. What has the college board decided in, in response to Florida's demand that African-American studies basically remove the African-American studies part of its framework? Yeah. Okay. So there's so many layers to what you just said. <laughs> well, I'm not a hundred percent sure where to even start because the this this is like a um, a geologic analysis 
of the insanity of white supremacist, right-wing, fanatical America, okay? And it's like when you're in Utah or Arizona and you're looking at the side of a cliff and you could just like literally see the sediment of crap just like that has been piled upon layer by layer. And you're like, oh, that was, you know, that was like the slavery layer. And then like, oh, that was the lynching, you know, uh, clan layer. And like, oh, okay, this was the Jim Crow layer. And like, oh, this is the like, you know, y'all are free, but you still ain't free. Here's prison and mass incarceration for you layer. And, and then, you know, here's the like police brutality, crack cocaine in the hood layer. And... I feel, Emmanuel, in so many ways, like what we are witnessing is this is this maddening repeat of of history. Um, and I know you were kind of, you know, being tongue in cheek to an extent there. But when you talk about, you know, this this uh, this opposition to African-American studies as as an extension of the, you know, sort of anti quote unquote anti CRT, anti wokeness. Uh, right-wing fanatical movement we're experiencing right now, um, but th but that's also like quite literally what's happening. Like these folks, they are they view themselves as fighting to protect the existential, you know, uh, fighting for the existence of the of the white supremacist patriarchal capitalist project. Not to um, unintentionally quote bell hooks there, um, which of course has also been banned in Florida now. But uh, <laughs> but like this is literally what we're seeing, right? Like these folks are the folks who believe that like the white man is the greatest thing that's ever existed. And, you know, white women can come along for the ride as long as they're quiet and don't think too much and stay in the house and do what they're told. And, you know, occasionally we'll let you be a senator or something. And like everybody else can just serve us and prop up our sense of self-worth and accomplishment and literally be labor and, and you know, uh, sexual objects for us to exploit. And that has been true in different ways throughout history, chattel slavery, you know, up to today, where we have, you know, some folks that are still in bondage and other folks who are like, very much not in bondage. And some folks who even co-sign on the project and fight to defend it, uh, to defend it, a la, you know, your your Jesse Waters and your Clarence Thomas types. And uh, and here we are now, Manuel, arguing over what these, these just absolutely viciously, virulently racist, extremely dangerous right-wing fanatics um, are trying to do with public education. And I think it's important, Manuel, to, uh, to just like back up for one moment and give a super quick rundown of the timeline here, right? So like the College Board yep. and, and Advanced Placement have been working on this idea of an African-American studies course for something like a decade, according to all the reports out there. Um, I don't know much about the actual history of that and like where the genesis of it came from, but suffice it to say, they've been like exploring the idea for quite some time. About a year ago, they started a pilot with around 60 schools, high schools across the country. And as we know, the purpose of a pilot is to like try something out, see what works, see what doesn't work, make some changes, and then you expand it, right? Makes perfect sense. The AP has piloted other courses when they've expanded the curriculum um, in this way over the years. And uh, to do this pilot, they sought input from many, many different sets of stakeholders, scholars, 
you know, administrators in the field, students, etc. Um, and so fast forward to January 2023. The College Board is done with the pilot and getting ready to release its framework. The uh, state of Florida and all of its uh, racist glory under Governor Ron DeSantis and the, the right-wingers generally down there and the... Um, Oh boy, I don't know what his official title is, but the head of the Florida Department of Education, I don't know if he's the commissioner or, or what his actual title is, but um, Manny Diaz Jr., uh, who's a racist clown himself, don't let the name fool you, uh, you know, uh, publishes a, not publishes, issues a letter to the college board, which we reported on a couple of weeks ago, um, and that was roughly mid-January, saying, hey, y'all, um, your stuff is whack, we're not gonna, it's contrary to Florida law, and we believe it has no, you know, lacks educational value. And they called out a number of topics, of course, all of which are topics that these right-wingers find extremely threatening. Things like intersectionality, black queer studies, uh, the movement for black lives, and you know, more contemporarily, black feminist thought, the idea of reparations, abolition of prisons, all the stuff that is actually, you know, uh, sort of 1960 and forward, um, and that poses any intellectual or movement-based threat to the status quo. So they oppose all that stuff. Um, the College Board had already been working on issuing, you know, making revisions to the framework. And uh, on February 1st, in honor of Black History Month, they come out with their revised framework. And lo and behold, it essentially addresses all of the right-wing fanatical white supremacist fascist concerns that people like Manny Diaz and, uh, and Ron DeSantis had put out there, right? So gone from the curriculum, um, you know, are things, uh, are all, certainly all the topics um, I just named. Um, so Black Lives Matter, slavery reparations, queer theory, all gone as required topics, right? Um, and you know this is this is extremely, extremely concerning. Um, and we now find ourselves with a um, a situation where you know, and some of the reporting on this that have been out there, Manuel, you know, sort of made it seem like the College Board, like the order of events, was a cause-effect relationship, right? Like. Ron DeSantis wrote this letter, and then the College Board scrambled and made changes and published them on February 1st. From all media accounts that I can find, that does not seem like what actually happened. What actually happened is the right-wing fascist white supremacist movement had been brewing and doing all the crazy stuff we've been talking about for years in school boards and, you know, and uh, anti-CRT legislation and banning books and uh, threatening to arrest teachers for teaching wokeness and making white kids uncomfortable and all this insane stuff. Right. Um, and as a result of that, the College Board made these, you know, capitulations, um, weakening and degrading, uh, contrary to what the field of African-American studies is and contrary to what the legitimate study of African-American history would include, which is obviously contemporary history and obviously exploration of political ideas because our very existence in this country is, is grounded in deeply uh, important moral and political questions and outrages that need to be explored. Um, 
and they strip such a such a, uh, a gigantic portion of the content in response to that because the college board is a you know billion dollar a year industry with a CEO David Coleman who makes over two million dollars a year and wants to protect you know protect the house so to speak uh, and they know that Florida is not the only state doing this kind of racist white supremacist nonsense so this is where we find ourselves Manuel is with a very clear, you know, last time we talked, we said it's too early to judge what the college board is going to do. This is a great opportunity for them to stand up and do something great. Yeah. We were skeptical, and now we know the college board has thrown down its, you know, its position and has joined the forces of white supremacy in the psychological warfare against the truth against our community and our children and against children and communities more broadly by robbing them of the opportunity to learn truthful history. Uh, and so this is where we are now, right? It's like College Board has signed up on the side of white supremacist fascist nonsense. Um, and the question is, WTF, David Coleman and College Board, and what are we going to do now in response? Yeah, like, how how dare they? Like, two weeks ago when we talked about this, I was mad at the College Board. I, no, I was mad at DeSantis for putting me on the side of the College Board because I was really hoping that the College Board would do the right thing, and I was really hoping that that the College Board could be, could take advantage of this opportunity and really could be one of the first really large institutions, national institutions that is like in the classroom um, to stand up against against this wave. And and now just a short few weeks later, we see that the College Board has cowered. And I am just I, I, I can't lie to you on February 1st when I, you know, opened up Twitter in the morning and I saw College Board's little celebratory tweet about the, the framework. And when I noticed and read the reporting that the framework went ahead and stripped all those things that, that Florida didn't want in there and that um, other conservative folks didn't want in there. I was enraged, man. Like, I was so mad. Like, I was trying to, like, clear my head in time for the first uh, class I had to teach because I was just so, so mad. And, of course, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised. I was surprised that it happened so quickly, that it was so swift. And just, like, how dare they? And I know you know, based on, you know, what you just said and what the reporting has said, this might not have been directly in response to DeSantis. So let's not give DeSantis the, uh, you know, the quote unquote credit here for, for being the big man to stand up for um, whitewashing curriculum because they were going to do this anyways, maybe. Um, but yeah, but that, that doesn't matter. Um, and let me tell you why that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the timing is because the college board here with DeSantis making that big old, uh, in the Florida Department of Education, making that big old statement that stand against um, this African-American studies curriculum, the college board was gifted a unique opportunity to become that first major institution that is in the classroom. Like I know a lot of other folks have, have, have fought a really strong fight against this this uh, right wing um, wave of attacks on our school system. But in terms of like mainstream, national, global institution that is really in the classroom with materials and, and products and curriculum and testing all over the place, they really could have been the first ones to stand up to those who aim to uphold white power by silencing critics and banning books and attacking teachers. Like the College Board was gifted a unique opportunity. It was right there for them. They could have 
really quickly called for a temporary suspension on all their programming in Florida in defense of their name, in defense of education, and in defense of African-American studies. They could have even they, they could have at least even threatened it, but they didn't. Like just two, three weeks in, they just went ahead and released a framework that was watered down. And it is so disappointing. And I say that as somebody who never trusted or believed in the college board. I am just so disgusted and disappointed by how quickly they caved and cowered. Like by the fact that they caved and cowered, period. But also just how quickly, like it, it just seemed easy to them like it was sec second nature to them to go ahead and water down some stuff and put something out there that was so so pal palatable and especially in thinking about you know i'm looking at what um a time magazine article from back in september olivia waxman uh, about this curriculum and this uh the piloting and how it was going and in that in that article in that piece trevor packer who's the head of the ap programming he said in that piece quote the events surrounding George Floyd and the increased awareness and attention paid towards issues of inequity and unfairness and brutality directed towards African-Americans caused me to wonder, would colleges be more receptive to an AP course in this discipline than they were 10 years ago? So right there, he is saying the Black Lives Matter protest of the summer 2020 directly energized this effort to get this AP African-American studies program going. And then to release a framework that takes out Black Lives Matter, like you said, it was like you said that that particular movement that what we were calling at the time a racial reckoning, that that inspired a, a increased activity and movement in the direction of getting this uh, this curriculum out there. And then you go ahead and strip it of that actual movement like that is just disgusting. It just reminds me. And I admit I've I've always had. I've always distrusted the college board. And as a teacher, when I first entered the classroom, I was committed to not being an AP teacher, not because I you know, look at AP teachers in any kind of way, but because I knew I wanted to serve the students who were most marginalized, who, who weren't selected by their teachers or by whoever to take advanced classes. And I, I just always felt like the college board, I just never quite trusted them to do what was right in the name of educational justice and freedom and excellence for everybody. So seeing stuff like this to me is just like cements that that feeling I've always had my entire career that the college board is just go say what it wants, do what it wants to get its money. And at the end of the day, like forget about it. like anybody who has hope that the college board might be a tool in the in the fight for freedom for all and educational excellence for all like Hopefully, if you even believe that in the first place, hopefully those beliefs are fully, fully extinguished now because we see exactly who they are and it's disgusting and I'm just so saddened by it. And there are folks who will say like, well, you know, so much attention on the college board, but this isn't really like they're not the enemy here. The enemy are is, you know, the politicians, the pundits, the folks who are in in charge of this right wing wave in the first place. And yes, that is true. So in resistance to that and standing up against that, the college board is the college board who was best suited in this particular moment to stand up and do something. And they didn't like the, the opportunity to do the right thing was right there. It was right there. And they didn't even hesitate to cower. So, yeah, that's disgusting. I'm done with the college board. 
we could definitely talk about fully divesting from the college board. I teach at a school where thankfully we don't have to rely on AP classes because we are dual enrollment and we have other opportunities for students who are interested in going to college and getting college credit. But yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's a wrap for the college board. It's a wrap. Yeah, man, I am, my level of outrage uh, with the college board is, it, uh, you know, it's right there with you, man. I, I think that, um, listen, I, was, was any of us out here like college board is coming to save us in this moment? Like, I, I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I heard that perspective from anyone. Right. Uh, so, you know, on some level, it's like, let, let's just keep it real, right? Like, we... This isn't altogether surprising from the standpoint of College Board has, it, it, like, its existence, its purpose, its mission is not the uplifting and embetterment of black youth and black history and, and marginalized communities. At best, it tinkers around the margins in, you know, in trying to do any kind of equity work. Uh, and, and by the way, all of that work that it does is in furtherance of its own brand and its own sort of market share uh, in American and international education. So like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm, I'm not particularly disappointed from a standpoint of I never had real expectations of the college board to begin with. That said, when an entity like the college board, which ostensibly is a nonprofit, okay? Ostensibly, let's be real. It's a business. It's a for-profit business that masquerades as a <laughs> as a nonprofit um, entity right. in the same way that you know uh, many other kinds of institutions in our society do. Churches, you know, private schools, you know, the, these sorts of things, right? Where like, yeah, you you're not selling stock shares, and you're not, you know buying other corporations and and gobbling them up to dominate the market but they certainly express lots of predatory capitalist behaviors <laughs> you know like capitulating to very clearly white supremacist fascist uh you know critiques of african american history so um so just to set the record straight there but man well i will say in this moment as you said they had an opportunity to do something really good um, on the side of truth, on the side of justice, on the side of like just what's good for people and democracy, which is opposing uh, this right-wing insanity around the study of anything that involves truthful examination of history and critique of oppressive systems that have existed and still exist in our country. And I will even say, Manuel, they didn't even have to do anything particularly radical or controversial in this situation. They could have just been like, we're keeping the framework the way it is. It's been vetted and researched by scholars in the field across the country. And if Florida doesn't want to teach African-American history, AP African-American history, okay, Florida's not going to teach it. That'll just be a stain on Florida's record. We're going to continue with this. And, and they could have just left it there. They could have issued a two-sentence press release and been like, no comment beyond this, and just kept it moving, right? And at least that would have been a, like, a clear, 
We are not going to omit. We're not going to lie to our youth by omission in this curriculum. We're not going to do some deeply offensive crap by putting out this milk toast nonsense yeah. on the first day of Black History Month and expecting black people to be singing and dancing in the streets, right? Like this, this, you know what this feels like to me? Manuel, this feels like the same way or a very similar way that I felt when you know, freaking Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and, and Joe Biden made Juneteenth a federal holiday. And I'm like, I, like, I, I, now I don't like June, <laughs> Juneteenth <laughs> anymore. I'm like, uh, I mean, which is not true, but like, you know, I'm like, you are, you're, this is such political emptiness that is happening right here that has no correlation to to like any type of moral consistency in your actions or behaviors or anything that's actually about embettering conditions for black people lived in the community or in school or otherwise. This is just performative crap for for a political agenda. And yeah. I, you know, I, they the college board should have and could have taken a fairly low risk stance that would have been on the right side of history here. And instead, they cowered, they did things that are just like inconsistent with the, you know, with the discipline, right? Um, and it's very clear yeah. that, that they did this because they're trying to protect the brand and protect their revenue and, and no other, or maybe they're just white supremacists like, Ron DeSantis, that's also an option. There's so we that could, too. So we yeah. could explore that too. David Coleman, I told you. Option. Yeah, I told you I met that dude a couple of times. Let's just say I'm, I've not been impressed. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's the type of white dude who uh, drives you up a freaking wall, uh, who, <laughs> who will mansplain just about everything to you. Uh, so, you know, it, I mean, this is infuriating, Manuel. And we have, um, yeah. there, there's a letter. Um, that about 650 African-American studies uh, faculty, administrator, and allies in higher ed um, at dozens of colleges and universities have signed on to. I, I assume that list is growing. It's published on uh, Medium. And, you know, it, it makes me think, man, well, the signature list is quite long at the end. And I'm like, so, hey, College Board, you can't go bragging about how hundreds and hundreds of scholars signed off on your curriculum when those same scholars, there ain't that many scholars of black history in America, yeah. okay, uh, are now saying your stuff is trash here. So, you know, I, they still got an opportunity care, to, to do the right thing, I guess, but like this is, this is nah. outrageous and we have to see the college board from my perspective as a, as a at best, a potentially hostile entity that exists within our schools and or worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that I, I think at this point, I mean, it's too late for them to do the right thing and they don't care about how many people sign on to any petition or anything like that. I don't think because they've already released their official celebration, their official, you know, February 1st, Black History Month. And here's the final framework and let's all be happy. Um, they, it's it's a wrap for them. They're just, you know, full steam ahead at this point. And I think we have to really lean on. Um, I guess other lever levers of resistance to to this uh, whitewashing of our schools because I, I just think it's a wrap for the College Board and you know, I think about okay so what what could some of the responses be of course uh, beyond the outrage that that we are seeing from um, prominent scholars and from 
folks such as ourselves and from like just everyday folks, people who believe, people who believe in the value of African-American studies. Um, so what else can we do? And I see like the governor of California tweeting about it, which is okay, cool. You're tweeting about it. You know, he tweeted at David Coleman and he said, um, I'm quoting the governor of California here, Governor Gavin Newsom. Um, he says, quote, I call bullshit. You are merely a puppet of Ron DeSantis. Uh, and quote, that's what he tweeted at David Coleman. Um, okay. Cool, Governor. Cool, and what are you going to do about it? Uh, mm -hmm. Perhaps, perhaps uh, schools and districts across California um, should take a look at AP curriculum and take a look at uh, um, possibilities for di separating themselves from this obviously compromised brands, this obviously compromised curriculum, and doing something better. Because at the end of the day, the College Board is like third-party uh, service. Like it's not under. You know, they, they do what they want and they have the courses that they want and they have the curriculum that they want and make, you know, frameworks that they want, whatever you want to call it. And hell, we don't need them. We could do better, and especially in a state like California that has such a, a robust system of community colleges. Like there are so many out there that we could really go ahead and, and invest more heavily in dual enrollment and helping high school students who, you know, the ones who would otherwise be in the advancement placement classes, um, help them take actual community college courses since, you know, if they are in an AP course and an AP course is it's college level, rigorous, this, that, whatever, whatever, well, then they can handle the, you know, local community college course on in uh, African-American studies and all these other disciplines. And maybe the governor could actually activate some of that movement to say like, all right, co college board, we see what you've done. We no longer find your programming to be credible, seeing as how you cowered on in this instance. And there's only obviously going to be more, I mean, if they cave this time, it's not like the folks on the right are going to be like, okay, we're totally cool with all the other college board stuff. We're good. No, they're going to go ahead and set their sights on the other, some of the other courses and anything else. So like, obviously the brand is tainted and perhaps uh, the governor of California can lead the way in going ahead and divesting from the college board. But I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, it's easy to tweet something out there. And this is a, of course, the same governor that vetoed the ethnic studies um, graduation requirement the first time around because he felt that that was um, too radical and uh, I'm not quoting him there I forget what words he used but you know he wa basically wanted a watered down version of that so it's like okay we see you you wanted a watered down ethnic studies model curriculum and now you're out here tweeting at the college board for watering it watering down its African-American studies curriculum clearly clearly we are facing a reality where the honest voices and perspectives and histories of the most marginalized are heavily under attack all across the board nationally, particularly by those who aim to really uphold white power and completely ban and silence folks and attack teachers. So what are we going to do about it? Like, I'm, I'm really worried now that we are quickly regressing to like Jim Crow era education where things are like just super patriotic and we ain't critiquing nothing related to America and everybody better fall in line. And my fear is that during that era of especially in in areas that had segregated schools, like legally segregated schools, at least you had hella black teachers in those black schools that loved on their students and taught them the joys of education and you know to you know go back to bell hooks who really helped students learn to critically think and to transgress and to really see the power of education and now we're in a in a, in a 
reality where obviously we talked about the shortage of teachers of color. Obviously, we we live now in a system where we just we are struggling in a lot of different ways in a lot of different areas. And I am so worried about the quality of education, especially for our black students, our indigenous students, our um, brown students, our Asian American students, the quality of education that they'll receive when it comes to honest critique of racism in our society and doing the hard work of envisioning a better future for all. And that's why this is an African-American studies course, not an African-American history course. So for folks out there like, well, you know, the stuff they stripped is more of the, the modern stuff or closer to modern stuff. And, you know, you know, maybe this is more about, you know, whether or not that's relevant here. It's not a black history course. And that's important, important distinction because African-American studies, for one, it, it was built through the struggle and, and a lot of the reason why we have African-American studies in our institutions in K-12 and higher ed is thanks to the radical struggles of the 60s and 70s. And that includes an inclusion of exploring black identity, black consciousness, and critique of this white supremacist system around us and trying to figure out how to build a better future. And of course, folks like Ron DeSantis don't want us to build a better future because our version of better future is a future where everybody could be free, everybody could be their full loving selves and see the humanity in each other. And of course that runs in direct contradiction to white supremacy and white power. So I'm just worried that we are quickly regressing and the college board had an opportunity to at least slow it down, at least throw in like some, some hurdles, some speed bumps, and they didn't. Instead, they just went ahead and were like, all right, let's help you out. We'll go ahead and put this, this watered down stuff out there and we'll celebrate it on the start, at the start of Black History Month just for added slap in the face disrespect to folks out there. So I don't know, man. I'm just so, I'm outraged. But I'm also really worried. I'm not going to lie. I'm worried. And, you know, I've seen talk about, you know, I've seen various folks online talk about like, okay, this shows the importance of uh, tapping back into like freedom schools and, and building schools for, for our folks. I saw um, um, folks tweet about like, oh, this is, this just show, goes to show we have to educate our own. This just goes to show we can't rely on the school. Like, of course we can't rely on the school system, but also just educating our own. Uh, we, we deserve better. We fought too hard in this country to have to just continue to do it on our own, like blood, sweat, and tears. We deserve a public school system across the board that serves all students across the board. We shouldn't have to build our own separate thing um, because damn, we put in so much into this country. Why do we still have to live in a, in a, a reality where we gotta go ahead and do it ourselves? All the tax money I pay, man, all the blood in the soil from our ancestors, man, Nah, man, like the, the actual school system needs to be able to serve black students and help other students understand the black experience or explore the black experience and black perspectives without us necessarily having to just make our own individual schools in different in different cities and different neighborhoods. Man, there's there's work to be done. And I am just I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm not I, happy, Jeff. I'm not no. in a great place right now, Jeff. No, me either, man. It is. uh it's deeply outrageous. It is infuriating. And um, I am I'm right there with you from the standpoint, Manuel, of feeling like very t feeling very torn that there is a part of me that says. 
the system is never going to improve. And, right. you know, people have been fighting for hundreds of years, generations upon generations, uh, you know, and and what we are now experiencing is regression. We're not even experiencing the the tiny the tiny reluctant steps forward that have primarily dominated the the course of the last you know say 150 years of history uh right and those tiny reluctant steps have come with at the cost of thousands and thousands of lives and futures of you know black people and our allies in the fight for struggle um, and, you know, people of all backgrounds fighting their own, you know, uh, Latino yeah. folks, you know, immigrant groups, Asian American folks, women, you know, feminist movement, right? This has been a very intersectional set of struggles that are interrelated in many ways. Um, and, and yes, of course, we've, there's been progress. But to, to now be living through an era, of, an era of very steep regression, Manuel, makes me feel like the project is hopeless uh, on, a, on the one hand and, and takes me down a very like kind of um, not positive mind frame. I don't like to go down, but does make me feel on a certain level like, well, maybe folks that are talking about, you know, um, more radical ideas of things like we should just disengage from the public school system, generally speaking. Right. I don't think I'm there yet. But I'm like, these folks are, are they're not crazy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's arguments like, to be made. You are, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, and of course there will be costs of that, but also, you know, there would be some benefits of that. And, you know, it takes, it takes me back, man, well, when we were in grad school, I was taking a, an elective course with Gary Orfield, um, who is now at, at UCLA. And we got into yep. like kind of a, a big argument, which I, as a, you know, whatever, 23-year-old was not going to win uh, <laughs> with, with him. But basically the case I was making in a paper in the class is that I was questioning the value through the lens of education, questioning the value of uh, desegregation of schools um, Given what happened to black educators and given how few black educators there are, you know, today, we went from under a Jim Crow segregated structure, like you said, segregated schools, which yeah. are deeply underfunded and super unjust. And the one thing we had was educators who cared about our kids, right? And, a, and an institution yeah. in our community that we exercised, you know, some measure of control over. And we lost that to a great extent. Um, as a result of the gains, that, you know, that came from post-Brown versus Board of Education, you know, America. Um, and, you know, we've seen an undoing of most of the benefits that came with Brown, frankly, uh, in many ways, legally speaking, I mean. So, you know, I, anyways, to get back to the conversation with Gary Ofield, I was like, I'm questioning, like, whether this was a good look for us. I look around today, I talk about, I look at my own experience in school, the experiences of my peers in school, and I'm like, I don't know if what we're seeing here is, at least we should be asking the question of, is it better than what we had before? And is there something to be gained by voluntarily 
coalescing in, in ways that bring control and resources to a fundamental institution we need to serve our community well. Um, and I, yeah. I didn't think, Manuel, that at this point in my life, at this point in my career as an educator who spent most of my waking hours for the last two decades of life working hard on this project of public school in a democracy, that I would get to the point of, of thinking and talking like this. But this is the kind of, this is the extent of dispiriting effect that watching an institution like the College Board capitulate to white supremacist fascism uh, has on me. And frankly, I have more faith in the system than a lot of folks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> We've had guests yeah. on the show who are like, the system is trash, it's never gonna work, like, F it. You know, and I'm like, well, I get that, but like, we gotta have hope, you know, and like, work and struggle. And I'm like, I don't know, man, is that the right use of resources? These people are clearly our enemies. They clearly mean to do us harm. And our entrenching policy that, that, uh, that, you know, shows that to be the case. Uh, and the college board had a chance to push back even slightly against it, and they backed away, man. And not only did they back away, they threw down their support with the side of the folks who very clearly mean to do us harm. And, I, you know, yeah. I, I, what, what response do we have to that? What other response do we have to that other than like, okay, like this system isn't legitimate here? Yeah. Not, and... Yeah, what, so what response do we have to that? And I, I wish that I could envision teachers of AP classes um, above and beyond African-American studies, of course, um, standing up in some kind of way. Like, I don't teach AP, so I don't know what that's like, but I, I imagine they have their networks, and I imagine that there are uh, teachers of advanced placement courses who are on the side of freedom, who are on the side of doing what's right in education and educational justice, and I hope that they're in communication with each other about possibilities for pushing back against the college board. The college board needs to um, feel the consequences of siding with the DeSantis's of the world. Like they need to feel some consequence for doing that. And I don't know what that consequence looks like, but I mean, at, at the minimum, I hope that like districts uh, around the country that we're planning on um, adopting this African-American studies course, consider making their own version and not throwing the College Board logo on it, letting the College Board know we reject this uh, framework that you put out because it's not actually African-American studies anymore. It might be African-American history or some elements of it, but it's not actually African-American studies. You've removed the, the, the aspects of the African-American experience that birthed African-American studies as a discipline. So we are rejecting what you have and we're going to do it our own way. Like at minimum, that should happen. But instead, I'm sure, you know, all those uh, DEI chiefs that have been hired over the last couple of years, all the little efforts that different districts have made um, in the wake of the 2020 uh, reckoning that wasn't a reckoning. You know, I'm sure they're going ahead and, and making their plans, their master schedules for next year for having African-American studies and, and being able to celebrate that they have it and they care about um issues of diversity and equity, and it's just more, uh, just more moderation, more becoming, uh, more toe in the line towards that, that moderate um, area that is in fact increasingly a right wing area of here's what's acceptable and here's what we're gonna do and we're gonna lie to your face and say that it's not about race and racism, it's actually about um, you know us making sure there's no uh, indoctrination happening in our classrooms or whatever, like this is, um, I don't know, man. 
I don't know. Uh, again, I don't teach AP. I'm not affiliated with College Board in any kind of way. We're clearly not going to have the College Board as a sponsor one day, uh, Jeff. Uh, not that there was any opportunity that that was going to happen anyways, but that whatever uh, little non-profit. slight opportunity might have existed. They don't sponsor. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, there's that. But but yeah, like, I don't know, man. I, I, I would love to see some pushback. I would love to see some folks say, okay, enough is enough. Like, we're going to explore ways to to uh, separate ourselves from the College Board. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know. There There's no one way. Uh, there's no one path in the fight for freedom. And for those who are taking this as further energy to go ahead and disengage from the public school system and create schools um, that are more humanizing and that are towards liberation and towards freedom for our most marginalized students, like I hear you and there's an argument to be made to do that. I still believe that the system that we have to, we have to fix it like we've invested too much in it like we deserve public institutions that serve us like that's we deserve we and when i say well we all people but like black people deserve public institutions that serve them we have invested too much into this country we are too many generations in of lives lost of battles fought of sweat sweat sweated i'm making that up i'm sure and we are we just des- we deserve it so, you know, I'm, I'm still here in the public school system trying to do what's right, try to build a better uh, system, a better classroom that, that serves all. And, you know, there for folks who take this as a sign that, okay, maybe I need to be the teacher at my school site that brings up during our faculty meetings or brings up to our school board um, the need to explore options besides having advanced placement classes, um, you know fight that fight. Maybe, you know, maybe that's um, the right direction for folks, for certain folks. I don't know, man. It's just, it's dispiriting, which is hard to say because I know that that is the goal of all of this is to crush our spirit, crush our fight, crush our voice and make us lose any hope that we had of a world where we are not squeezed into this white power system, this white supremacist world that we live in. I know the goal is to crush our hope and to get us to go ahead and stop fighting. So I might be dispirited right now. I might be enraged and saddened right now. I might feel that like the next several months are just going to see folks go ahead and calm down and go ahead and add that events uh, placement African-American studies course into their system and just move on. But I'll wake up tomorrow, hopefully the day after and Feel the renewed energy in the fight because at the end of the day, I have the benefit of being in a classroom, uh, ethnic studies classroom, and seeing students and interacting with students every single day that show me the promise of tomorrow, that show me that they are not fooled by any of this. Like even whispering something like this to my students, to my students, when I, you know, when we look at headlines or, you know, I brief them on, you know, the latest district to do this or the latest uh, state to do that. Like, they're appalled. Like, they're not falling for it. They're like, what the hell? So, like, you know, that gives me hope. And that's one reason why I've remained in the classroom. And if anything, they're the ones who show me that a better day will come and that we are working towards a better future, even on days where it feels like we haven't made progress. They're the ones who let me know this fight is a long fight and we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So, yep. that's that on that. 
I, I appreciate that, Manuel. You're dragging me back from my very uh, dark, uh, <laughs> uh, gloomy cloud of like, F this, I'm out <laughs> uh, mentality, which, you know, I, re I rarely really get into, but... Uh, but the, it's it's hard for me not to to go there on some level with this this type of news. Um, yeah. And but I will say to your question of like, okay, so what what do we do? You know, I haven't uh, I don't have all the answers, obviously. But I've seen some things suggested, and I and I think maybe what we need to do is a little bit of all these kinds of things. So I too have seen people online talking yeah. about you know we've always advocated for you know freedom schools and you know other sort of extra state. Uh, uh, solutions to the idea that we need to teach us about the world and how to understand it and history because they're not, not only are this, is the state not going to do it, the state's going to teach us, you know, propaganda that is a, is a tool of our own oppression. Um, so I think that is real and I, I would support yeah. efforts to do that. I've heard people suggest things like, you know, we should just boycott this curriculum. Like, no black folks should take this, you know, this course, and others who are allies should, you know, should not take this course and make it be known that we're doing so because we believe this course is a Trojan horse uh, type of a thing. Um, so I, you know, I would support that. Um, there's, you know, I've seen things, Haymarket Books made ebooks of the many scholars who uh, were banned in these revisions um, or banned in Florida and removed from the curriculum in these AP revisions, you know, free for a couple of days, I think, um, you know, on their website and reinvesting in the libraries uh, for the exact, um, and by reinvesting, I mean us going to libraries and getting <laughs> these folks books yeah. uh, would be a good idea, yeah. right? Um, and let me just, just give a shout out here to some of the scholars and authors and historians and folks who who were removed, right? Um, James Baldwin, amazing. One of my all-time, probably my favorite writer of all time. Uh, France Fanon, Audre Lorde, Bell Hooks, June Jordan, Angela Davis, Alice Walker, Manning Marable, ta Coates, Michelle Alexander, Kimberly Crenshaw, Barbara Ransby, Roderick Ferguson, E. Patrick Johnson, Kianga Yamada-Taylor, like all and more, all these folks, Get on YouTube, look up their, you know, their speeches, get on, um, you know, whatever, get to your public library, get their books, order something, you know, go to a local bookshop if you can get these, get these folks stuff. Like we need to start elevating these folks um, because their banning and their removal is all the evidence we need to know that like what they're talking about is dangerous. To the to the oppressive status quo, and that's why they're you know they're being so targeted. So you know I would support that. Um, you know I I and there's probably a hundred other ideas like this. That's like let's take some affirmative action here to to fight back against this um, because as you said we cannot simply you know take our take our ball and go home right like we we have to fight back yeah. against this with all the means that you know that we have um i love your idea of school systems saying we're not going to teach this you know white supremacist version uh, of african-american history we're going to have our own course um and you know i would love colleges and universities to put an asterisk on transcripts next to this course and not give it any college credit because it's not real black studies it's a portion of black studies with a white supremacist fascist veneer on top um and and let's be real it's probably only going to get worse 
from here on out, given given what yep. the College Board has done thus far, because you know some parents and some nutty right-wingers are going to complain. They're like, oh, they read this speech by Martin Luther King, and it, it talks about economic inequality and anti-war stuff, and so we should only read a part of the I Have a Dream speech that says content of their character, not the color of their skin, you know? So, so uh, anyways... I can go on, yeah. but I, let's let's get to work on this, man. This cannot be allowed to simply stand. It cannot. You are correct. And yeah, this isn't the end. College Board went ahead and opened the doors for all of its stuff to be attacked. Um, shout out to uh, Washington Post, um, editor, not editorial opinion piece by uh, Alexandra Petri. She kind of lists, you know, it's satire. It's satire. But she lists the arguments against all the other um, AP courses that are sure to come um, from those uh, right-wing fanatics. And, um, you know, it's kind of hilarious. AP art history. um, Wait, no, AP physics. Uh, Resistance and resistors have no place in a science course. Um, (laughs) AP statistics. This whole course seems engineered to make anti-vaxxers feel wrong and lesser. Need to stress that there is more than one correct way to interpret statistics. Uh, AP U.S. history. This mentions events from the American past. Garbage. So, yeah, so kind of hilarious. Um, but you can see some of those arguments being made. Like, you know, AP English Lit. This course includes books. We can't stand books. Like, yeah, it's a satire, of course. But, it, you know, the College Board has opened the doors for whatever kind of just everything um, that is to come from folks who see that. Like, okay, okay, we can have our way. We can have our way with this. Um, we could absolutely, absolutely uh, pressure this um, institution to back down and to go further right in all their curriculum. So, yeah, and with that being said, yeah, I, I definitely think that we, at minimum, those of us who work in K-12 systems, at minimum, we could uh, resist adopting this AP African-American Studies course or at least um, explore alternatives to it and let the college board know that, like, yeah, this ain't not, nah, we're not... Because if we all just if all the schools just end up adopting it and flying and running with it anyways, then the college board just gets away with it. So you know, don't enroll your students in that course. Enroll them in your local community college African American Studies course um, if you are able. And um, shoot, man, I don't know. Um, how about we close with some wonderful words from Nina Simone? We uh, we explored uh, Mississippi Goddamn uh, this week in one of my courses and. Yeah, maybe we need an updated Florida, goddamn. But shout out to all the Florida folks. I know Florida, there's so many great educators down there. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it would be like to teach there right now. So shout out to all of y'all. But anyways, yeah, uh, Nina Simone, uh, school boycotts. They try to say it's a communist plot. All I want is equality for my sister, my brother, my people, and me. That's it. Like, it's so simple. 1964, and here we are, 2023 still still fighting still resisting uh against these narratives that we are marxist or that this is some sort of communist plot still just asking just asking for equality for our sisters our brothers our people and ourselves uh so shout out to nina simone uh one of my favorites all right folks this has been a long passing period shout out to those of you who are still with us uh i imagine those of you who are still listening you are equally outraged or sad like I am, or just like conflicted or something. Uh, we in this together, AOTA family, and definitely, you know, reach back to us and let us know where we were wrong uh, or where we maybe missed something and maybe, you know, I don't know, we'd love to hear y'all's perspectives because the way I see it, this is very, very not good right now. 
very not good. So definitely uh, shout out to everybody for listening and for being part of our AOTA family and helping us vent a little bit and explore what comes next and explore possibilities for a better, more humanizing school system for everybody. All right. So don't forget Monday. Monday, we'll release our full episode with Jason Torres Ranhel. We will be exploring what high-quality teaching looks like in this 2023 hellscape of a planet. And uh, really, actually dope, uh, positive uh, conversation. Um, so, you know, if anything, it will help pull you up out of um, if you are down in the uh, doldrums with Jeff and myself right now. Uh, that conversation on Monday would definitely help um, lift you up out of that, um, at least at least a piece. So look for that on Monday. Uh, go ahead and hit up aotashow.com for all the past episodes and for ways to support our show and, and get some merch, all that stuff, or teach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Shirts are especially especially poignant right now and jeff is actually wearing one although you don't you can't see the video so shout out to jeff for representing truthful teaching um and that's that anything else jeff before we uh send everybody back to class man i'm just i'm just humming that need this moan in my head right now man <laughs> Man, that's that's one Alabama's of my favorite songs, got me man. So that... upset. Tennessee made me lose man. my rest. And everybody knows about Ron DeSantis. God damn. Seriously, that's, man. That's what we need. We need more Nina. Man. <sighs> and like, you know, me and my students were were like really sitting with the part where she's like, Can't you see it? Can you feel it? It's all in the air. And just this feeling of like it's all there. It's all happening. Like, how is it not moving you? How are you not outraged? How are you not inspired to fight? Like, can't you see it? Can't you feel it? It's all in the air. Like, it's just a. I'm I'm about I'm about to play it right now. Yeah. After we're done recording. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was just thinking yeah. the same thing, man. It's about to be my soundtrack <laughs> for the rest of the day. <sighs> for real, I would I would go ahead and edit it onto this episode, but I don't want to ca catch any copyright infringement flags and have our stuff taken down. It's already you know we'll, uh, whatever we'll we're put, already we'll uh, violating all kinds of Florida law with this. That's right. We'll, yeah, we could put a link to it for sure. Yeah, we'll give you the live. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a great um, live video of it on on YouTube. Uh, that's just like man, mwah. it's it's it is a work yeah. of perfection. So that nervous, nervous laughter from the crowd and like, oh, this is a show too. Yeah. The show hasn't been written for it yet. Yeah. Oh man. Powerful, powerful. All right, folks. There we have it. Thank you for joining us for this weekend's passing period and look for that full episode on Monday. All right. Remember, we love y'all. We in this together. All right. And now it's time for you to go ahead and get to class. <laughs>